Hey there, you are listening to another episode of the Niagara Moon Podcast. I'm Tom Serwin. We got a new uh, intro theme song there from uh, our new album, Fuzzy Thinking. And we have a couple of new guests for this week's episode. I talked to Adam and Bob Barito of the band Proper Youth. Adam and Bob grew up in small town Arkansas, and then the singer-songwriter Adam moved to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and the producer-drummer Bob is in New York City, and uh, they were later joined by the singer Amy Nesky, who uh, didn't join us for this interview, but um, is also a prominent member of the group. The first person you'll hear speaking after me is Bob. Um, You'll notice the sound quality kind of changes up partway through. We just had a little technical thing, but uh, I think we... We're able to still pull everything off. Um, These guys do a really kind of cool, very cohesive mix of dream pop and 80s throwback and Americana. And I think it blends together all pretty darn nicely. And uh, their most recent album, or rather their very first full-length album, So Close to Paradise, is uh, is available through their website, properyouth.com. You can sign up to... uh, get the album experience, much like uh, you can with uh, Niagara Moon's album. Anyway, I'm going to play a snippet of one of their songs, and then we'll just kind of cut right into it. So, Adam and Bob, and you guys are brothers, I'm assuming? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're brothers. Awesome. And where are you guys uh, based out of? So uh, I'm in New York. Adam's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Um, and we do a lot of work remotely. Um, but it, we, we've been doing it like three times a year, right? Something like that. We'll like um, yeah. we'll get together, and uh, Adam is a has more instruments at his place so we'll usually go to his um his home studio and and uh rock out and do some experimenting you know flush out some songs try to figure out what's going on with uh the sound wow but mainly it's you guys are in two different cities kind of totally separate from each other and the majority of your time like doing the band together it's it's almost entirely remote i mean besides meeting a few times a year you guys are Wow, that must yeah, be- we'll we'll try and do some songwriting, some initial songwriting separately, and then yeah, we'll we'll try and get together for a couple weekends and get the base of the songs going, and then we'll do a lot of a lot of work remotely. Um, yeah, it's been like that. Well, as this band, it's always been like that. I guess when we were kids, we did live in the same place, and we would write some songs together. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask how long you two have been collaborating musically, but I, I mean, it sounds like since you both started doing music. I mean, we wrote some really bad songs when we were kids. Well, as, as we all do. <laughs> but I, I think as I've more, with some more intent, made the last 10 years or so, We've we've had a couple projects where we were actually trying to to put together an album or a set of songs and do some recordings for those. Okay, yeah. And as far as uh, proper youth goes, there's one more member. Yeah, so we have uh, a a member that joined us about midway through this project, uh, and about or 
half the songs off the latest project were about meeting her, and then she's since since joined the band. Yeah, we've we've had a lot of collaborators on the album, but um, she's definitely uh, has taken on the most um, involved songwriting for sure. Songwriting, okay, influencing songwriting as well. But yeah, so you'll kind of work with a variety of people during the recording process, but she's like a, a core member. Yeah, we would we would have had her, you know, join us, but I think uh, three's come or what is it? Three's a crowd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, it's um, it's always cool. So something that's when I was listening to uh your your full length mm-hmm. album, so close to paradise, and I was going through the songs, and then at one point it's a female singer, and it's it's always really cool when you have. I, I'm, I'm just assuming she, she wrote that particular song I heard that she sung, but uh, when you start having different voices and kind of different creative forces that are still working together, but like depending on the song, somebody else can kind of take the lead. I, I always find that very cool. Yeah. And you can do that in a band. Yeah, that's, that's the dream for me. If I'm not singing everything, I'm, I'm, I'm great with that. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're cool with hanging back a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that's sometimes. fun. Uh, I think the newer, some of the newer songs that we're working on, uh, some newer projects, I think will be more, more towards that, um, where some, a little more democratization of the, the singing. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, I, I, we're, we've just started, um, or I've just started listening to some of, uh, Adam's new songs that we're going to be recording on our next album, which hopefully we'll start, you know, this year. Yeah, we've got a lot of time right now, so we're we're thinking we might just get into it. Yeah, that uh, I was gonna kind of get into that. How hit are you guys by the uh, the whole recent series of events? And yeah, I think hit separately or hit differently uh, at the moment. I think we both. I, I mean, we, we both have uh, other jobs to support our 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 music at this point, uh, and those I. I still have a job, um, but Bob's Bob's in the epicenter right now. Um, a little bit, a little bit crazier there. I mean, I'm I'm not seeing it. I'm just uh, stuck in my apartment, you know, hold up. Right. Yeah. So the less you see, the better. In that case, yeah. Yeah. I, something that's uh, like good for us is we've been we, so. Unfortunately, we were we were just pulling together a, a live band to gig behind the album uh, in Michigan, uh, and so I, I know uh, we were we were just starting to reach out about a week before we we got the stay at home uh, order in in Michigan. So we're trying to figure that out. We're going to start maybe doing some like home video recordings and stitch them together to at least do some covers or start working on the new songs. Um, but beyond that, we have we've been really trying to get ourselves out there uh, online uh, and sort of globally, and so in that way, it's it's been okay. There's there's a lot of people at home right now, and and we've been really trying to reach a lot of people that we couldn't play to live, anyways. Yeah, that that might have been one uh, slight upside of it is it is challenging, like most musicians, to think, okay, how do I engage my audience virtually you know there are all these kind of tools that are available or you know you learn how to use this one or that one or find out what what else is out there that you might yeah. not have known about before and it kind of it's in, it's just very interesting to see how everybody's approaching it really creatively yeah a lot more live streaming going on these days 
Yeah, so I guess backing up a little bit, um, I mean, you guys have been playing music together forever, but uh, this current project of yours, um, Proper Youth, when did that kind of form? When, when did that become like your main uh, your main pursuit, would you say? Uh, so I'd say the oldest songs, oldest Proper Youth songs in terms of the first time that they were you know, thrown down on a phone recording or written down, maybe go back to like 2011 or 2012. Uh, but I'd say, I think we feel like around the end of 2014, we got in a room for four days and sort of didn't come out and got the feel for what this album was going to sound like and what Proper Youth was going to sound like. I think that's that's sort of where we feel this this project started. Yeah, and we used to um, make music um, under like a different band name, but we're not going to say that band name because we're trying to distance <laughs> ourselves from that. But somewhere along somewhere along <laughs> the way, we decided. Uh, yeah, I feel like most people have a project like that. You know, the thing you did before that you yeah, don't want to direct exactly. people no, towards. Anymore. I think we yeah. uh, at some point decided like our music has matured a lot since then. We should change our band name. Um, we've changed we've changed our sound a little bit, and it's uh, the songwriting is a lot better now. And and uh, I just yeah, I think that um, proper youth, the name officially formed two years ago. Yeah, we were recording on this on the new project for a while, under just assuming we'd keep our old band name, and decided yeah we we'd change it and sort of separate this from from that project. Yeah. Next evolution. And um, what's kind of the ethos behind the new, uh, you know, the name and, and the sound you currently have? Was there sort of, um, you know, particular artist you were taking influence from or particular goal or, you know, particular mood you kind of wanted to capture? Like, what would you say are some, some themes going on? I mean, yeah, overall? I think it's... Uh... It's kind of a combination of Adam's taste of music and my taste of music, you know, kind of that sweet spot. I think um, Adam writes a lot of um, like folk music, you know, acoustic um, and uh, almost kind of Americana, would you say? too? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I think there's definitely like um, some American like root in it. Um, And, uh, you know, I like I like dreamy music, you know, nostalgic feeling like uh, ethereal kind of stuff and i kind of took what he did and tried to make it uh um a little more yeah shoegazy (laughs) Shoegazy? dreamy and weird and you know um kind of take you on a ride i think those two elements come together really well i I definitely heard both of those things going on Mm -hmm. um definitely musically speaking it was kind of like thank you if you took like the e street band and kind of gave him the sound mm-hmm. palette of like my bloody valentine almost it, that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to us <laughs> i mean it just it sounds so i mean the songwriting is is solid and and totally there but then the the meticulous kind of sound processing it's a very uh you know i, I think when we were talking earlier i mentioned like war on drugs is like one of the other few bands i can think of that are really yeah kind of taking that that approach um when we uh, started talking, Bob, I, you told me you were a uh, sound designer, just generally as as your profession and, and mixing engineer. And I definitely hear this totally like engrossed in the the studio, experimenting with stuff for 
you know, days and weeks. There's mm-hmm. there's definitely that that quality to it. Um, do you kind of balance out that detail oriented approach, uh, Adam? Would you say do you do you guys kind of like fill in for the other in terms of different uh, creative roles? I yeah, I think so. I I mean I so I feel like the songs the initial like core of the songs that I usually bring they're they're pretty simple structurally. Um, they think they're just they're folk songs and they're a lot of times just verse chorus verse chorus. Sometimes that's it. I I really like writing one verse and one chorus and then it's it gets harder from there. Um, but I yeah I feel like that's that's what I like to bring to it and I definitely have opinions but I. It's the uh, same way I, I, I like stepping back and letting someone else sing. I'm, I'm very happy to, as long as I, as I trust the other person or trust what they're going for, to sort of let go a little bit and uh, either see what happens or I, I think Bob's really good at just telling me, can you play this? Uh, I think a lot of the session musicians that we brought in was, uh, I, I have a harder time having very specific ideas to that I can translate to other people. Mm. But there's also a thing sometimes, actually it happens quite a bit, is I'll say, Adam, can you play this? And he's like, no, I can't play that. <laughs> and and then I'm like, just try it. And he does it, you know, and it's just, yeah, uh, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's not, it's not just uh, working on the sound of it. It's just like encouraging Adam to be like, yes, you can do this. Just try to do it. And yeah. then realizing that, oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, when you're in a band, or even if there's just one other person, if you can act in a way where you're like kind of pushing each other out of out of their comfort zone, that's mm-hmm. that always makes. I mean, that's yeah. kind of the most exciting part of collaboration, I would guess. Yeah, I think we we both do that too. We both push each other out of our comfort zones quite a bit. Yeah, I think I think we're both very happy right in the space where we've met. Uh, I think left to our own devices. Uh, my songs would be very, they would, they would lean more towards uh, more like pop or folk type of structures and production. Um, cause I, I really like good pop songs. Um, and I, I feel like Bob's would, would go more into the dreamy and, and glitchy and more intricate. Um, so there's a place in the middle where I think we're both happy and that's probably the best version of our of ourselves is pulling. I'm happy you're happy. Okay. What happened there? <laughs> Who's listening to you? Google wants to be part of the call, yeah. huh? Always listening. Oh my god. <laughs> That's too funny. So your debut album, full length, so close to paradise. You know, how do you feel that's just kind of an encapsulation of all these ideas you kind of started exploring, or is it really like thematically cohesive or what What kind of how would you what's kind of your your pitch is a weird word but your synopsis of the album and and uh you know yeah. the listener wants to to go on that journey what, what what's in store for them do you think uh, i don't know if it's exactly the same for both of us so i wouldn't want to speak for bob uh but i mean the songs for me really started uh when i was you know 20 or 21 and sort of out of my first uh really like in my first bad breakup okay. and i uh remember emailing bob and just saying like hey man i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna write a lot of sad songs so 
why don't we just like write songs together and produce them and actually make some music out of this so that was to me that was sort of the songwriting uh, bookend on that side of it and then it it, it was a lot of just getting through the loneliness of being in your 20s and just living alone a lot of the time and getting in and out of relationships and uh, just feeling like, man, this is bad and I don't know if it's going to get better. Um, and sort of hope, hopefully growing through some of that and figuring out how to do it and how to not feel so sad all the time. Yeah, because the, the title of the album itself kind of evokes this feeling of like, I can see it. It's over there. I'm I'm adjacent to, you know, this idealized version of how things should be. But some something else is going on. I I think it's it's very apt in that case. Yeah, I think I think a lot of the I mean Adam's the songwriter. This I just like try to interpret what he's saying. We don't really talk about it, but um, to me it's like uh, you know it, it's about. I mean, especially the first half of the album is just about being miserable, you know, <laughs> and uh, and feeling and feeling like there's um, hope, you know, and there's like uh, there's some like other uh, other side of despair um, that, um, you know, one can aspire to um, even when things are terrible, I guess. Yeah, I I think for me, I'm my my musical goal is always reaching towards sort of sad hope. That's I my some of my favorite songs are this combination of just feeling feeling down, feeling low, but but trying to see where that hope is. Um, yeah, and so so close to paradise. That was uh, there. There's some parts of the album that Bob wrote the lyrics for, and that was I think just a perfect. Uh, encapsulation of of what the songs are about and what the project's about yeah that that theme you just described i mean that's bruce springsteen to a t that finding the hope in a a desperate situation i guess that also explains the uh the saxophone that makes an appearance in a few of the songs so who's who's (laughs) playing that it it was beautiful performance uh so she's a she's a touring musician out of nashville her name is uh, dana robbins she she just she crushed it uh it was I think specifically we were sort of looking for a Clarence Clemens E yep. Street uh band kind of sound and we happened to find her uh, out of Nashville we we'd started off working for her out of Nash or working with her out of Nashville and then found out uh a couple weeks in that she actually was from Ann Arbor Michigan where I am and was coming to visit family or friends, and so we we ended up just getting her in here, and Bob remote remoted in, and we I got most of the takes at that point, just just ran through all the songs. Saxophone that was a that was something that Bob had to convince me of. I was I didn't think we should have saxophone on any of the songs. I was gonna say I've been I've been pushing saxophone for uh, like a decade. <laughs> As well, now, you know? should. Not, yeah, not, not even... I was I was very wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think that what uh finally made adam cave was that we were go- we were heading toward a, a like uh the americana sound like um has the song some of the songs have like kind of a springsteen vibe to it and i was like look you know springsteen does it we could do it too and he was like okay yeah so yeah. <laughs> um 
but yes, saxophone has been uh, the love of my life for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, ever probably probably ever since like I heard uh, that solo in um, Us and Them. Uh, Pink oh Floyd, yeah, like yeah, in high school. Pink Floyd, yeah, yeah. That's Man, a great that just, musical. Uh, I think first time I heard that, I just like, I was floored, and uh, you know, saxophone is just it's an incredible thing. And it's it's nostalgic too, you know. It has like an '80s feel to it because people don't put people don't have prominent saxophones in their songs anymore. You know, it's mm. it's like part of a beat, or it's like kind of subtle or something. And it's like, mm. you know, give me the '80s when like everyone had a sax solo, and it was just it was sexy. Or even like uh, you know, before the electric guitar became the instrument, whenever that was oh, in yeah. the '60s. Well, I mean, also, saxophone was Coltrane. A, yeah, the close runner-up. So yeah, it kind of either go to the '80s or you go to the '50s. It definitely has this like soulful right. kind of callback retro mm-hmm. quality to it that definitely complements yeah. everything else. Yeah. Also, I mean, uh, Coltrane is you know one of my a god to me. So I mean, just like. The, the way he plays saxophone and and everything just uh it makes me fall in love with it so i'm i'm getting the sense that uh adam you kind of generate the core ideas in terms of the song and structure and that sort of thing a lot of the time and then bob you come in and just like flesh everything out and and make everything fuller or does it also kind of depend yeah. on the song it usually starts with the a drum beat, you know, figuring out what the rhythm of the song is. And then we, uh, it, it, you know, it is a collaboration. We, we discuss like where we want the song to go. And, you know, I'll say, what if we go here? And Adam would be like, no. And I'll say, what if we go here? And I'll be like, yeah. <laughs> is there anything, any part of it where, you know, things are going to get kind of contentious and the, I don't know, the sibling rivalry might start to, uh, stick out a bit or you guys really even keel for the whole thing? I don't think we have a sibling rivalry, uh, but we definitely, I, I think we're happy to argue about So it's, it's more like a, uh, a light bickering? I think we have fun arguing, and uh, there's plenty of times I know where I, maybe it's not exactly what I was thinking, but I'll let it go. But if it's something where I I don't want to do that, or there's something that I really want to do and Bob doesn't really want to do, then I think those are the times when either one of us will say, keep keep trying to figure out a way to do it or is is there a compromised version of this where we both feel good about it yeah i think that um considering how much time we've spent together on the album though um there is no tension i mean there's very no. very little tension um and it makes me uh it makes me see how like you know the Cohen brothers can work together. Mm. It's uh, there, there's there's something about, um, you know, just like working with your brother that just feels easy because you're able to spend all this time with this person without getting sick of them, um, <laughs> and uh, it's just you know you just keep doing it because you guys like get each other in a way. Yeah, we I, we both believe that the other we both know that we're trying to find the same thing. Uh, and so I, arguing is probably not even the right word because I, I don't think there's any really ever anger or yeah. negative feelings about it. It's more it. like a debate. No, some, like, we're happy to... Every once in a while we disagree. It's like, yeah, and then we we'll talk disagree. it out. Yeah, and it, it sounds like you also are really good at kind of filling in for the other one too, you know, stepping back when you know that 
the other person has more strengths in that area, like when you can really complement each other like that, it's definitely mm -hmm. not something yeah. to be taken for granted. So you finished making the album, obviously it's out now, and then what um, were you guys having in mind in terms of getting it out there and, and finding your audience and kind of building things up? You, get, you seem like you're both pretty uh, creative and, and resourceful in that way as well. Yeah, well, so I, as we mentioned, we've had some other projects before, mm -hmm. and we spent a lot of time on them, uh, and at the time, at the least, you know, I think we felt really good about them coming out, and then we just sort of would put them out there, and maybe we'd get a few hundred streams, and our parents would buy a CD, uh, and that's <laughs> that's just a huge bummer. <laughs> That's kind of the default, the default, right? Until you do anything else. Uh, not that our yeah. not that our parents are buying it, but just that no one else is going to hear it. It's it's this thing where you feel great and then it just it doesn't happen. I think this time we really felt like we've we have something. We feel proud of it. We we feel like there's some value to it in terms of other people enjoying it. Uh, and so I think we've been trying a lot of different things this time to try and get it out there and, and make sure people at least have the chance to hear it. And then if they like it, they can, they can run with it or keep listening. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, Bob, Bob has been sort of driving a lot of the like visual, uh, like music videos and, and different things like that. So producing those, uh, and I've, I've really just sort of, sat back for that and given my opinion a, a little bit, but, uh, let him drive those. And then we're, we're really just, we're trying to really push it on Instagram and Facebook and just get it in front of as many people as we can and see what happens. Hmm. Um, what do you feel like has been something you've really learned along the way? Um, so far, something that's been like a pleasant surprise as you kind of, you know, discover what the, the band is all about? Maybe that's a tough question. <laughs> it's a good question. Uh, it, it's been interesting to see people's reaction to the music, you know. It's, um, you know, seeing uh, or anticipating, you know, what our favorite songs are and and then seeing like the public kind of having a different reaction um, you know, seeing the stats on uh, Spotify and seeing which songs people are skipping, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, I I like that song and uh, <laughs> people aren't listening to it. But they are listening to this other song that, like, I wouldn't have expected. So, yeah. Weird how that works out where you never really totally predict how people are right. going to, you know, digest what you've put out there you have your own kind of perception or understanding of it right and then sometimes that can get totally confounded and that's and that's totally fair you know uh whatever however people react is correct um the thing that i could see being tempting um is for like uh bands that are like trying to like profit off of uh their music is like seeing those stats and being and like creating an equation as opposed to like a piece of art and being like, okay, so they like listen to this song, but not that song. Um, and like, they only like got through this 
much of the video, so we'll have to like start making like quicker intros or something like that. You know, we're not trying to do that. It's just like interesting to see how people listen to music, how impatient they are with some things, and uh, and you know, just seeing how people react to certain songs. I think one one thing that I I guess it's not a crazy idea, but something that's definitely changed from like the first CD that we made in high school, uh, you know, 15 years ago versus now is that the whole world is out there and there are people in Brazil or Germany, uh, which are at this point, those are the top two countries of people that listen to our music that might want to listen to your music. Uh, and that's sort of a paradigm shift for me. Because I think there was this idea going back to making music in high school. is like, well, the people that are going to hear this are anyone that lives around here. And if we maybe play a show, then they can hear our music. And that's been really cool to realize, no, there's billions of people in the world. And we don't even have to feel that cocky to think maybe a very small fraction of those people would want to listen to our music. And that I think that's what we found. It's, it's been really cool to hear, you know, people covering our music in Argentina, uh, or you know, people saying incredibly nice things from Italy or Germany. It's, uh, in the U.S. too. That's great. But I think that's that was in line with sort of our thoughts about how music would work, and we've we've learned a lot about. <laughs> there's a whole world outside of our little little bubble here. Wow, so you've had fans cover your songs. That was a that was a mind trip, man. That was That's the ultimate. That was weird. I didn't even realize it was going to feel weird until the first time I saw someone covering a song cuz I've I've covered lots of songs and I've played lots of songs that I wrote for other people. But just hearing someone like with an acoustic guitar playing a song I wrote in my bedroom when I was feeling kind of sad, that's yeah, it really it got me. Wow. Now, kind of um, as you're just dealing with the immediate um, situation with the coronavirus, but then, you know, anticipating, you know, more or less a return to normal and kind of going from there. What uh, are you excited about anything in particular coming up or, or something that you're particularly focused on on working on for the band at this point? Yeah, I'm I'm excited about Adam's new songs. So you're already honestly. working on the the um, follow up. We haven't talked about it much. Yeah, I mean, there's like a few of them that have just been like stuck in my head, and I I'm trying to like envision where they're gonna go, and it's it's exciting to me. Yeah, and uh, right now I'm like I'm like working on like a couple of uh, creative things like on my own, you know. Um, so I don't currently have the bandwidth for it, but um, as soon as like these things kind of resolve like um i'm definitely excited about diving into um the new songs yeah i think that's that's exciting uh like i said we we've been pulling together a sort of gigging band uh in michigan and that's sort of we're trying to keep keep up something and learning the songs and practicing but obviously we're all we're all stuck in our own homes at the moment uh, but looking f- looking forward to doing that. We were 
we were just starting to, I think, feel it, feel mm. like we were tight in the room yeah. and that the songs were starting to feel comfortable. Uh, so I'm excited to get out and start playing those uh, for for sure. Very cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious because your sound is so full and like rich and enveloping and the challenge of translating that to, you know, a live set at a you know a local yeah. music venue how what, what is how does that uh all play out do you kind of really change up how you perform the songs or uh yeah a little bit so they have to be stripped back to some degree uh the we had pulled together a four piece so just uh acoustic guitar bass drums uh and then putting a lot of onus on our electric guitar player to sort of fill out some of the space and the melody aspects of it. Uh, we've, we were looking in a couple different directions, uh, either some sort of like supplementary background, uh, like triggered sounds or triggered tracks to, to add in some of the just uh, dreamy synth aspects of it. Uh, at some point, I think the band will grow. Uh, we've, we've talked to a sax player and some synth players uh, but there's always a balance there between just getting getting going with maybe a smaller band before we turn into a broken social scene <laughs> and have 15 people uh, on stage one thing i forgot to mention is um our, our dad plays on a lot of our songs oh he's a steel guitar player yeah, yeah. So, oh yeah i did hear some steel uh, guitar so, as well yeah kind of had a prominent yeah Wow, so it's a real family affair. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, he can't gig either because uh, he's in Kentucky. We're all over all the place. Over the place but... Yeah, I think we'll. I think wow. once uh, once things clear up a little bit, we I think we'll get him up from Kentucky to do some do some gigs. You think so? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he ordered a he ordered a new steel guitar over Christmas. It should should be arriving like I know that. this month. I guess depending on the depending on the pandemic i think that might have slowed things down but yeah you think he wants to gig do you think a, oh, uh, awesome. a nationwide tours is eventually in the works well i will take it one step at a time i think uh i think the first goal is we'll sort of uh, have a hub around ann arbor and plan on trying to play some local shows where we were looking into some semi-local like regional festivals and that sort of thing but i think we're open to what it what where that goes what that looks like yeah we we both like our day jobs so it would it would be a uh a huge departure if if we decided to like you know travel yeah 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 know? that's a whole nother whole nother thing Go, mm. going that far with it but uh yeah it, it'll be nice when um everybody's out again and can have events and yeah yeah you don't realize how much you miss live music until it's really taken away from you for a while yeah yep mm -hmm. awesome well if uh if people really want to dig into proper youth more um do you like to point them in a in a certain direction or just uh check out the album on spotify or what, what would you like to to plug for now i think probably the simplest way yeah we just want people to hear it whatever the easiest way is for them to hear it uh so properyouth.com uh slash listen is uh, that's sort of just gets you to uh a link where you can check it out on spotify or apple music or amazon or wherever wherever it's easiest for you 
Cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, it's been a real pleasure. I'm excited to uh, get to know the people behind like such awesomely crafted music, and um, I think things are going to get pretty exciting, especially after this whole crisis is over. Uh, any plans to come out to Massachusetts, to New England? Uh, where are you in Massachusetts? You in Not the near Boston. Boston area? <laughs> so that might, that might be a tough call. I'll have to come out a little ways. No, I, I'm not near. But I'm on the other end of the state, okay. so I'd probably have to to go somewhere a little, a little busier. Uh, so Amy, the third member of our trio, uh, is is from the Boston area. Is from Sudbury, so we, we might okay. we might make it out in that direction. Awesome. Well, thank you once again for coming on the podcast. I'm I'm glad we could make this happen. Yeah. Thanks, man. This is a good time. Yeah. All right. I'm back by myself again. Um, very nice couple of dudes, and I'm glad they're able to make the most of their time right now in the lockdown quarantine situation. I know I've been getting quite into the weeds uh, with new songs I'm working on, but uh, yeah, it's just good to stay creative and uh, stay mentally active and stay safe, of course. I think we're going to end things off today with... Uh, Proper Youth song from So Close to Paradise. This is their single, World Was Young. So enjoy, and I'll see you next time.
broke the door when I was running out I hope he fixed it up